0: to 44222, or you can go to my website at askdennisbrown.com forward slash guide. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Teague Egan. He's a founder, inventor, and the CEO of Energy X, which is helping to change the planet. And he's going to explain to you exactly how that works. This is some really high tech, cool shit. So pay close attention. Hey, welcome to the show, Teague.
1: Thanks, Dennis. Thanks for having me
0: yeah, we've had a cool conversation in pre-interview. This is going to be unlike I think any conversation we've had before, because we're talking about some really techy stuff that has the potential to really have a huge impact on almost everybody that's listening to this in the next decade because it has to do with electronic vehicles and that sort of stuff, you know the the Teslas and all that sort of stuff, so pretty cool stuff so Tell us a little bit first, give everybody a snapshot. What exactly is Energy X?
1: Yeah. So, like you said, this could have an effect on everybody that's listening. I mean, if you're holding a phone or using a computer to watch this, it's probably using a lithium battery. And electronic electric vehicles use lithium batteries. And that's kind of the area that we're focusing on. We are developing technology that makes the production of lithium more cost efficient and more effective. So you know, we looked at the landscape and we said, if there are going to be millions of electric vehicles on the road, it takes about 10,000 iPhone batteries to make one EV car battery. So we need way more batteries and thus we need way more battery materials. Lithium being one of the most important battery materials. So that's kind of the problem that we're focused on solving right now.
0: So your technology, I think you call it Lightus. Lightest. Yeah. Lightus has to do with helping with the extraction of lithium from, I mean, lithium is basically like mined, right? It's it's almost like gas and oil in some respects, right? It's mined yeah. and it's extracted from the earth. And your technology has to do with that. So how did you come up with this idea? Tell us a little bit about that before we dive into, and I'm going to tease everybody really quick. Here's the cool part. And this is the part where we're going to tie business with, with how Teague did this whole thing. Teague raised $3.5 million by crowdfunding. Right. So we're going to, he's going to talk a little bit about how he did that because the process that he used could literally be used by almost anybody to crowdfund their own business idea. He just happened to do it for this, this lithium extraction technology, but you could do it for anything. But before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about how you came up with that idea. Where in God's name would that idea come from?
1: It's a pretty crazy idea, I got to say. So I'm a big traveler and uh, I've traveled, I've actually traveled to 70 different countries. So far. And this idea came to me of all places in Bolivia, a very somewhat obscure place, right? However, Bolivia sits on the world's largest lithium reserve, which is also pretty crazy to think. And I was down there on a tour with one of my buddies, and our tour guide started telling us about this salt flat that we're doing this tour on is the world's largest lithium reserve. And that just blew my mind. It would It felt like I was in the middle of Saudi Arabia in the 1940s when they had just discovered oil. And you would walk around and see like oil just like spouting from the ground. And I said, This is the biggest opportunity that I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, I've been a Tesla owner, car owner, and shareholder since 2013, but I never really wondered where the lithium that makes the battery comes from. And this was my aha moment. You know, I was standing on the world's largest lithium reserve and I said, how is lithium produced? You know? So I started doing research on how lithium was produced and I said, it's produced in these huge natural evaporation ponds. And I said, they use natural evaporation to produce lithium. It takes 18 months and only recovers 30% of the available lithium. There has to be a better way to do this. And that was kind of the impetus for the beginning of my journey.
0: Wow, cool. So why did you originally go to Bolivia? You were just traveling? You had you, you Yeah, were I was just vacation? traveling.
1: <laughs> yeah, just on vacation.
0: Wow, cool. Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, it's funny because pre-interview, we were talking, you know, I was a few months ago, I was in the process of saying, hey, you know, electronic vehicles and you know, which should I invest in Tesla or should I invest in these different startups? And then all of a sudden, I just said to myself, you know, why invest in each one of those startups? Why don't I just invest in lithium? Right. And so I, am, I literally searched for, you know, uh, like an ETF, electronic traded fund in the lithium market. And I found this fund and I invested in that because that's what's going to drive it all. I mean, literally that just happened. So it's super funny and kind of weird that we're talking today about that because I, I agree. I think it's going to have a, a huge impact. And so, you know, that's part of the reason why. I decided to have you on is because I think, you know, if you're able to pull this off and so far you're you're well on your way, right? This could have a not only be a big business but could also have a huge impact, you know, on everybody who's listening. So, all right, so let's dive in here because I think, you know, very few people understand lithium extraction or the role it plays in our day-to-day, including me, okay? And very few people are going to start this type of business, but almost everybody who's listening who starts a business is going to either consider raising capital or is going to have to raise capital outside of just putting their own money in and their mom and dad and grandma and brother, right? They're friends and family. Yep. Yep. So talk to me a little bit about your journey when it came to raising money. I know you initially put some of your own capital in, and then you went out to the market and did this crowdsourcing. Walk us through that process that you went through of one, evaluating how you were going to get the money. And then talk about the process of how you were able to go out and, and raise over three and a half million dollars using crowdfunding.
1: Yeah. So I mean, when you start a business, any business, it's good to start small. And everything starts with with a seed and an idea. And the biggest companies in the world, from Apple to Amazon, all started with really small products, you know, Jeff Bezos on the floor packing books or Steve Jobs and Wozniak coding the first thing, right? You, you don't want to just think oh i need to go raise all this money and start on a really big scale because then it it might implode right if you start small and you create a good foundation that is one of the keys to success right so i started small i mean this company i just explained the inception i took my time you know i put 5000 in and then 10000 in and then met with some of the people at the university of texas that Created the core technology that we ended up licensing. We licensed our four first original patents from the University of Texas. And then, you know, it started to grow. I started to add team members. And then I said, okay, you know, now I need to raise a little bit more financing. And there's two options really in my mind. One was. So, excuse me, up
0: to that point, up to that point, about how much money had you and, you know, put in before you did the crowdfunding? Before I
1: did the crowdfunding, I had put in around a few hundred thousand dollars.
0: Okay. So that, and that was all yours or did you have friends and family, mom, dad? Yeah, all, that, was other that, was, that was all mine. Yeah, that gotcha. was all mine. Gotcha. Okay. So you originally, so you had a lot of skin in the game. I mean, you had, a, you had a few hundred grand of your own money. I mean, that's not chump change. So yeah, yeah. you were, you were really pot committed at that point, but you were able to bring the idea and the technology to a point where now it was, it was conceivable for an outside investor that doesn't know you, to say hey listen i think this guy can pull this off this is a big idea it's worth the risk
1: yeah exactly and and that's that there's always it's a balance right because the early capital that you raise you sacrifice the most equity right i was in the position where i was able to afford to put that much money in and i had offers from people that wanted to put money in before but i just felt like i would have given up too much equity at an early point so I believed in myself. I believed in the idea. I believed in the technology and the team that I had built. And I was willing to fund it to a point where I then wanted to raise outside capital.
0: Got it. All right. So now we're to that point. You've made the decision. We're going to go out and get some outside capital. You looked at, there's various options for doing that. Talk to us about that process and why you chose crowdfunding.
1: Yeah. So- there's really two avenues when you're kind of starting a new venture. There's venture capital, and those guys like to take a huge percentage of your company, put in a lot of stringent terms and conditions. But then there was this new avenue called crowdfunding that I felt had a lot of advantages. You're raising money from a large group of people that are retail investors, all of them are going to be some of your biggest fans. Like, I literally get Dozens of emails a day from people that are proud to be EnergyX investors. That's kind of one of the coolest feelings in the world. But it's really a lot less restrictive, you know? So I felt like it was a good opportunity to test out the waters and see what crowdfunding can do. And, you know, I didn't know the success that I was going to have crowdfunding. I think that really goes to the foundation of the business and the things that you've done up to that point. You can't manufacture a crowdfund. you know, people people see through that, right? You really have to have an attractive value proposition. You have to have, you know, solid integrity and a solid team. You have to have technology that has some sort of proof of concept or or validation around it. You know, there, there's a lot of different verticals that go into having a successful crowdfund. But you know, I I want to relate it back to kind of so in my past life, I started a record label. And this was my first business when I was in college 10 years ago. And I found an artist and signed this artist. We made an album together and put it up on iTunes. And within the first 24 hours, the album went number one on iTunes, above DJ Khaled, above Lil Wayne, above all these people. And a lot of people thought that it was a fraud and a fake, but it was just the passion that we put into the album. And the organic marketing and the design and the music and all these things that led it to go number one on iTunes. We had no idea that that was going to happen. And that's kind of the same thing that I relate to this business, EnergyX. Like we put pride into the product we make, into each hire we make, into the design of the website, attention to every single detail. And we had no idea that we were going to put this crowdfund opportunity up and it was going to go raise three and a half million with no marketing or paid advertising, but it it goes back to kind of the passion into every single detail that we've done to the company thus far.
0: Yeah, so so I think that makes a ton of sense, right? I mean, you got to have a real product. You've got to have a real you've got to have a real team and I mean the product and the idea and the proof of concept and all those things are a part of that. So I think that goes without saying, right? I think everybody who's going out to raise money I mean, you know, you're going to have to have some real value proposition and you're going to have to do your due diligence and you're going to have to put the work in before you're prepared to raise that money. So what platform did you use or was there a specific platform that you used for crowdfunding? Was it, did you, I mean, how did you hobble that all together from a guy who's never really done that type of yeah.
1: funding before? So, so one of my closest friends that I've known for 10 years, his name's Tom Smith and he works at a company called Net Capital. And they're a crowdfunding platform, and I actually didn't even know about crowdfunding before he approached me with the company that he had just started working for. He said, "Hey, Teague, I'm working at this new company. It's called Net Capital. It's crowdfunding. Instead of going to venture capitalists and giving up, you know, a huge percentage of your company and all these rights and governance, you can raise capital with us and possibly raise millions of dollars from thousands of investors. You know, we we now have over three thousand investors in EnergyX."
0: So you got 3,000 investors. When did you launch the crowdfunding campaign?
1: It was last. So we did, we've done one and currently the second one is open. We did the first one. It started last November and that ended in February. And we raised over a million and a half dollars on that one. And then this one, we just opened like beginning of May and we're already at over another million and a half dollars. And that'll be open until maybe like another couple of weeks.
0: Wow, sweet. Okay, so You raised, the initial raise you did in November, was it a certain valuation, right? What was the valuation you put on the company at that point?
1: So at that point, it was 60, like 60 million around
0: that. And then after you raised that capital, you then deployed some of that capital. And then at that point, you decided to do another raise.
1: So it was interesting. So we raised that first million and a half. And then that gave us the validation that our valuation was a good valuation. We were able to go raise additional institutional capital at another valuation, at a, at a slightly higher valuation. And then I came back and said, we're going to, we basically way oversubscribed our institutional round. You know, Once you have a few million dollars in the company, everybody says, oh, that's a good idea. And now wants to come on board.
0: Yeah. The first uh, so million is really, the hardest one, right?
1: <laughs> it's the hardest one. It's the <laughs> hardest one. So then we raised, we raised more institutional capital. And then we opened up our second crowdfunding, which is at a $300 million valuation.
0: Gotcha. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah. So what are some of the key components of this crowdfunding that somebody's going to have to navigate when they come in? Right. I mean, obviously, you're going to have to have a real product. I mean, and when I say product, you're, that means the company, the team, the validation, all that sort of stuff. I mean, you got to have a real concept or you got to have a real idea or a working product. We know that that's a no brainer. But when going through this process, what are some of the hurdles or some of the obstacles or some of the things that someone's going to face in putting this crowdfunding together? And what do you think made the difference between you getting thousands of, you know, what do you, how many, what do you got? 3,000? How many, how many investors? 3,000? Yeah, have
1: almost 3,000 3, 3, yeah, investors. 3,
0: investors willing to invest in your idea. So pull that apart for us a little bit, because I don't think, I don't think all crowdfunding campaigns go like this, right? I mean, there, I'm sure there are some no, huge no. flops.
1: Yeah. So again, it's honestly such small attention to detail. Like if you go on our crowdfunding site, and look at the design and the time and the effort that we put into just the offering page on Net Capital. It's just netcapital.com slash energyx. And then you look at other people's. I mean, we put serious time and, and graphic design and thought behind, you know, we have a great board of advisors that we put quotes on. Like, you know, we have the former CEO of GE Energy Storage, we have the former CFO of Tesla Energy Division. We have, the founding CTO of CATL, which is the world's largest battery manufacturer. So I put quotes up of all these people that are backing our company. But we just, we, you know, we have beautiful pictures. We have beautiful charts describing like what the demand is and where the supply is at and the delta so that people can, so it's easy for people to get behind. So it's easy for people to understand what our business is. It's all about the communication to the investor, right? And I I think the more levels that you have to that, like one of the things that Tesla does that's so successful is they've completely rethought the process of distributing their cars. So every other car manufacturer uses car dealerships and going into a car dealership, people fear that. You fear the sleazy car salesman that's trying to get one over on you, right? With Tesla, they said, why do we need that? We're going to have these showrooms where People will enjoy coming in and looking at the car and and the price is the price, you know, there's no haggling and, and it's an easy system to be able to distribute cars, but it's much more efficient than putting cars onto a lot, right? They totally rethought that. So we've kind of rethought about how capital should be raised and rethought, you know, our approach to that. And it's, it's worked.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you this, so you, you know that I took a look at the site, and it does look really clean, it looks very professional, netcapital.com forward/energyx. You guys could check that out, you know, if you're on your phone or afterwards or whatever. So you put up this funding page. Now, I guess the big question is, you know, how do you drive awareness, right? I mean, you didn't spend a ton of money on a paid advertising, and a lot of this came through organic. I mean, it takes a long time to get 3,000 investors when you're getting them, you know, when mom tells dad and dad tells his brother and his brother tells his coworker, right? Just word of mouth. So how do you get, how did you drive traffic? How did you drive awareness? How did you get the buzz going about it? Because, you know, it's that old adage, right? If a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, did it ever exist deal? Right. I mean, that's kind of where we're at at this stage. yeah. 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 How does this work? How did it work for you? How did you drive awareness to get, to get the buzz going?
1: So I think about guerrilla marketing tactics. You know, we haven't done so we did one influencer marketing campaign at the very beginning of the first the first campaign back in it was in December and one of my buddies is a guy named Logan Paul, he's a pretty substantial influencer and I did a deal with him to do a Tesla giveaway. So we gave away two Teslas and he posted on his Instagram it was a big deal, and you know something that not a lot of people know. I actually, went on his podcast as part of the deal. He gets, you know, he gets millions of views. But I do podcasts like this with you, with anybody that wants to talk to me. I, you know, do podcasts. I do interviews, all this stuff. But a lot of people thought that I had to pay Logan like hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this giveaway. I actually traded him some of my Pokemon cards that I had from like 20 years ago to do this giveaway, and. You know, that was just a cool, another kind of like thing that I did to help promote the company. I just had these Pokemon cards. They didn't mean much to me. <laughs> they meant a lot to him. And you know, I, I pulled off the deal and we did a giveaway and we, we did a podcast together. And But all the other crowdfunding companies have done paid advertising. I, I like to stick to the organic kind of fashion, right? Doing these things with you, hitting people on all different sorts of platforms and, and just getting the word out there organically, I think is a lot more efficient. Than the paid advertising route.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think it's really cool. Number one, I think influencer marketing definitely works when it's done right, right? I mean, we've all seen it, you know, huge, you know, failures when it comes to influencer marketing. I mean, you hear the stories about fake followers and you know, and all the fake metrics and all that sort of stuff. But it's pretty obvious a guy like Logan Paul has a legit audience, right? I mean, he's out there selling. He's out there selling. You know, huge arenas to for him to box for Christ's sakes, and that you know what I mean, yeah. and nobody even knows the guy's a boxer right? I mean, I think it was yeah. him right it's, that's him is it him or his brother it, that yeah. was it, him, it, was him. Do- it was yeah. him yeah, yeah, so they're all he's out there fighting Floyd mayweather for Christ's sakes, I mean it's pretty wild, yeah. but yeah, so that I think the influencer marketing is an interesting component, and you know, I think just creating top of the funnel kind of awareness about what you're doing and about the potential impact, you know whether that be on Logan's podcast or my podcast or any podcast, so you know. I think sometimes people are looking for a hack. They're looking for a way to cut to the front of the line, and and I don't necessarily think there is that when it comes to crowdfunding, because I don't think there is that in most instances, right? I mean, uh, there are ways to expedite the process, but I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, what's your take on that? If you get like kind of like get- maybe the maybe the great question is to ask. Hey, listen, if you were going to start over with this crowdfunding thing, how do you think you could have turned this three and a half million into 10 million? I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Taking the same of taking the same crowdfunding approach, but how do you think you could have significantly increased the amount if you could do it over again?
1: I mean, damn, I think, well, first of all, I think they were doing pretty well. I, You're doing great. You know, no, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm I, just saying I could, I could improve upon some of the mistakes that I made. It's, you know. People are looking for the hack, right? And you could even argue you that. More Poke-
0: you would have bought more Pokemon cards 20 years ago. I tell you that. Exactly.
1: exactly. <laughs> the, 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 Logan, the Logan Paul thing, in essence, was a hack, right? Like, what B2B renewable energy company that, you know, is trying to work on some technology is thinking about doing influencer marketing campaigns with Tesla giveaways with Logan Paul. Like, that's just the way that my mind works. Like, what is some out-of-the-box type shit? That we can do to get more eyes on what we're doing. Like energy X shouldn't be sexy, like it shouldn't be something that people care about. But but how do we make it something that people care about? If if you're out there listening to this podcast and you have a business that you're thinking about crowdfunding, think about how you can make your business something that people care about. And that will ultimately drive, you know, if you just care about the right things, like it, it goes back to the attention to detail. Like I wasn't you know part of me i'm thinking okay how can i get the most eyes on this crowdfunding thing but ultimately you know how how could i make the best music right that's what sold all the records for my artists how can i make the coolest best product that will help people and provide value for my customers and ultimately return on investment for my investors if i can do that then the rest will fall in line
0: cool awesome well, listen, is there anything else you want to add about this whole crowdfunding strategy that you use to raise millions of dollars and help propel you into this whole new industry and, and everything that's going on with EnergyX? Is there anything else you want to add sure. about that? I got a couple more rapid fire questions and then we'll wrap it up.
1: I mean, the one thing that I can say is that I'm continuously looking for new ideas to make it better. And if anybody out there is listening to this and has ideas, like, feel free to email me what those ideas are. My email is just hello at X. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always looking. If you think that you have all the ideas, you're wrong. You know, talking to other people and getting ideas from anybody that wants to give them, that's how you become successful.
0: Great. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, a couple of rapid fire questions. What's your favorite growth tool, software, app? I mean, I know you're, you know, you're in the, Tech business, but in a different genre. You know, you're not a SaaS product, you're not some sort of online social media platform or something. But what's your favorite growth tool, software app, something maybe you use inside of EnergyX or as a team that helps you grow?
1: I mean, we use everything to make our business more efficient. I think Net Capital first is really cool. It's obviously raises millions of dollars, so that's a cool software, you know, app. But we use Salesforce, we use DocuSign, we use Carta for our cap table management. We use we use everything. We use Expensify. We use bill.com. Like anything that can make your company more efficient, I think is a good tool to be able to use for your business.
0: If you had to pick one that had the biggest impact, any individual one, what is it? And I'm going to hold your feet to the fire to pick one.
1: (laughs) I'd say Salesforce has made us really efficient.
0: Cool. Awesome. And what's one book that you've read that maybe has helped you on your journey or you think might help the audience on theirs?
1: So it's not my most recent book, but it's probably my most memorable I think Zero to One by Peter Thiel is a really good one. Uh, It's a quick read. But my favorite book is an even shorter book. And it's a book by Admiral McRaven. It's called Make Your Bed. Have you ever heard of that book? Yep, for sure. I quote that. I think about that book literally every day. Just the less like it shows you that nothing in this world is free. Nothing is easy. And it's all about the work that you put in. If you are doing the right things and working harder than everybody else and never giving up, I mean, as an entrepreneur, I face challenges like every day has extremely high highs and extremely low lows. And I don't need anybody else's encouragement to make myself go. I know that there are going to be really low lows and you just have to get through those and be consistent. And it's, you know, I, I think about that book quite often in my journey.
0: Love it. Perfect. Well, listen, T. let everybody know how they can connect with you. I think you already gave them your email, but make sure you reiterate that. If you want to send them to your website, or maybe if somebody wants to actually invest in EnergyX, I think the crowdfunding is still open, depending upon when this thing releases. You know, they could check, give, yeah. them, give them some places to go, and then we'll wrap it yeah, up yeah, for today. Yeah.
1: So if you want to hit me up on email, it's hello at energyx.com. I answer all those emails. My Instagram is at teaguean. I answer all my DMs. Same with Twitter. And if you want to invest, it's netcapital.com slash energyx. Or if you just go to energyx.com, there's an easy link to get there. So would love to have everybody involved and, and look forward to talking to everyone.
0: Thank you so much, Teague. Appreciate it. Congrats on all, all your success. I,
1: what's that? If you have any more ideas on how I can make the crowdfunding better? Also, please reach out.
0: Yeah, love it. Well, listen, appreciate you being here. Congrats on all your success. We'll stay in touch and you know, kind of chart the course here over the next couple of years and see how things go and uh, maybe we'll have you back on to update us in the future really appreciate you being here have an awesome day and i'm sure we'll talk again soon
1: thanks Dennis.
0: listeners i want to thank you for tuning in i truly appreciate your time if you're enjoying the podcast then do me a huge favor click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review it would mean a lot to me